0: You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. And I want you to know, listener, that you are a winner Christ Jesus. Uh, I've been teaching on the overall subject of toxic relationships 101. This is our fifth lesson. They're they're actually. three different parts, at least three different parts to this series. But for the last two episodes, I've been teaching on the first part, and that is controlling relationships. And I want to conclude this issue of control today. I want to teach from the subject from bad to worse, from bad to worse. How did we get here? How did we get to a place where we feel some of us feel a need to control others. How do we get to a place where we will submit to others controlling us? How did we get here? And controllers come in all shapes, size and colors from overly involved spouses, overly involved parents, possessive friends, meddling hands on managers, know it all teammates. Scripture quoting pastors all sizes, all shapes, all colors. Controllers bring with them a lot of baggage. They bring with them over explicit directions. They hoard information and they hoard access to money. They hoard responsibility and praise. Controllers over supervise. They resent independent thought or independent. Thinking. They have a certain way of doing things and they won't budge. They come in all shapes and sizes, bringing baggage along with them, and they even manipulate scripture to their own advantage so how did we get here how how did the controller get to the place of the need to control others and how did the control lee or the person who con- submits to control how did that person get to that p- person where they will allow others to control their world i came across a statement in relations to control And it basically said that control is fear born out of insecurity and anxiety and result in mistrust, suspicion, jealousy, and possessiveness. I'll give you that statement again. Control is the result of fear born out of insecurity and anxiety and result in mistrust, suspicion, jealousy, and possessiveness. And what stood out to me is fear, insecurity, and anxiety are keys to understanding how we got here. Cicely Tyson said something. She's. Uh, Departed not too long ago But she said something That's very powerful She said You always seek to control others When you are not in full ownership of yourself I love that You always seek to control others When you're not in full ownership of yourself Cicely Tyson. She's saying basically that there's something missing, something lacking, uh, a shortage, uh, a neediness in the lives of those who control and the lives of those who allow themselves to be controlled. We're teaching from the subject from bad to worse. And I want to take us, I want us to walk down a ladder. Imagine in your mind a ladder. A ladder is a piece of equipment used for climbing up or climbing down. But I want to cl- climb down the ladder. I want to talk about climbing down the ladder of emotional unhealthiness. We're going to begin at the step seven. And rather than go up, we're going to go down. And we're answering the question, how did we get here? We're going to climb down the ladder of emotional unhealthiness. So at the top of this ladder, step seven, at the top of this ladder is an unhealthy home environment, an unhealthy home environment. An unhealthy upbringing, an environment that had circumstances that preconditioned children were climbing down unhealthy home environment. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart. We could say it like this, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when he or she is old, he or she will not depart. But the question is, what if a child is trained up in the way that he or she should not go? What if a child is trained up in an unhealthy home environment? Now, let's talk about an unhealthy home environment. What does it look like? We have to begin to look at the parents. And when I say parents, I'm talking about father, mother. I'm talking about grandparents, step parents, guardians. Parents is an all-inclusive word. Those who are the authority figures in the life of a child. And let's say these parents are critical. They have a criticism bent. They don't mean any harm. That's the way they were brought up. Their parents was very critical of them. So they have this bent and this child is raised up in an environment where his or her parent has this criticism bent or has a controlling nature nature, or at worst, Abusive, maybe verbally abusive, maybe sexually abusive, maybe physically abusive. This is an unhealthy home environment. Well, the environment may be a situation where the child is not provided affirmation, affection, positive motivation. Think about it. The problem uh, that I've seen as a parent and just as an individual growing up with parents, I think some parents think good parenting is only providing for that child financially. Think about the father who says, I put a roof over your head. I put food on your table. What he's saying that I have been diligent to provide. For you financially. But it's possible to be in a home, raised in a home, where the parents provide financially, yet that home is still an unhealthy uh, environment because the child is not provided with affirmation, the child is not provided with affection. Child is never hugged. I, I think some of you, you know, I, I'm speaking to you now. Some of you, your parents never hugged you, never embrace you, never kiss you on the cheek. No show of affection. Why? Their parents showed them no affection. And so they never hugged you. They, they never talked about how wonderful you were. No positive motivation. It was all on that negative bent. So when a child is raised up, we're trying to figure out how do we get to this point when a child is raised up in an unhealthy environment, there will be consequences. There will be effects. What we will have in most cases is a child or children who grow up to be fully developed adults physically, but underdeveloped. Childlike emotionally There are so many people Adults Who really are childlike In their emotions Their mind Their emotions Their will They've never developed They've never matured They were trained up In the way that they That they should not go And now Even as adults They're not departing From it Let We're climbing Down the ladder of emotional unhealthiness. And so let's go the step six. Step six is a poor self-image. You, it's rare that a person comes out of an uh, uh, unhealthy uh, environment, home environment in the formative years and have a positive self-esteem or self-image. Self-image Is the way you see yourself. Self image is your perception of your self worth. I am saying that when you're raised up in an unhealthy environment, we can just go to the next step down, poor self image. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 13, 30 through 33, we have the response of 10 spies who went to spy out the promised land. In Numbers 13, God instructed Moses to select 12 leaders out of the 12 tribes to go out and spy the land of Canaan, the promised land. God has specifically said, to Moses and to the nation I have given you the land. So the 12 spies were not to go out to see whether or not they could take the land, but just to develop a strategy for taking the land. Well, 10 of those spies came back with what what the Bible calls an evil report. Two of those spies came back, Joshua and Caleb said we we're well able to take it. But listen at the report of the 10 spies. And think about poor self-image. They said, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. What's very interesting about their uh, insight was that the people in the land that they called giants never saw them. They never saw them. But yet they said we were as grasshoppers, talking about a poor self-image, we were as grasshoppers in our own sight and so were we in their sight. So people with a poor self-image tend to project their sense of of a lack of self-worth on others for whatever reason I'm not a psychologist I'm not a professional counselor I'm just a pastor and but I pastor a long time over 40 years people who who have a poor self image t- tend to project their self portrait onto others they saw them, the ten spies saw themselves as grasshoppers. So they perceive that others saw them the same way. We're talking about climbing down the ladder of emotional unhealthiness. We're on ladder, uh, we're on uh, step six. Let's talk about this poor self-image and how is self-image formulated? Self-image is formulated primarily by four factors, environment, authority figures, repetitious words spoken over an individual, and life experiences. So when we look at these 10 spines who went over into the promised land, came back with a report that we cannot do it, we cannot take the land, whereas grass... Hoppers in our sight. So, will we in the giant sight? Their poor self image was formulated through their environment, their Egyptian bondage for 400 years they were in Egyptian bondage they were slaves so the environment the authority figures were the slave owners pharaoh and what the bible called taskmasters these were the people over them so they were not receiving any affirmation, no affection, no positive motivation. And then the repetitious information, they heard that they were slaves, they were nobody, that they were a thing, they were not a person, and they were treated in a derogatory, uh, downgrading way. And then that's all they heard The repetitious information And then the life experiences The Bible says in Exodus chapter 1 It was hard labor Bitter crushing labor And so when you're in that kind of environment You come out of that environment With a poor self image And a poor self image Ruins relationships Controllers ruin relationships. Those who allow themselves to be controlled ruin relationships. Either the person will push others away by their own self-criticism or they will drive others away through their selfish intimidating, controlling, disrespectful words and actions, or they will yield to the wrong person. When you have a a self-image problem, you will yield to the wrong person. We're climbing down the ladder of emotional unhealthiness. We were on step seven, an unhealthy home environment, We came down to step six, a poor self-image. Let's move now down to step five, and that is rejection. Rejection. Rejection is one of the most common roots of serious personal problems or interpersonal problems. Usually when people have serious problems problems, Relating to other people, a common root of the problem is rejection. And so what is rejection? Rejection is a sense of being unwanted, a feeling of not being loved. Rejection is a feeling that you're on the outside looking in. It may be real rejection. It may be imagined rejection but it has a negative inf- effect on the person. It may be family rejection, peer rejection. It may even be self-rejection. And sometimes when a person has a root of rejection in their lives and it's, it's pretty self fulfilling, a self-fulfilling prophecy that if a person is raised up in an unhealthy home environment, they're going to have a poor self-image. We're coming down. And then there's usually going to be a root of rejection. Rejection has an effect too. Rejection is always, now listen to me, rejection is always connected to a fear of rejection, Is always connected to a fear of loss. So when you have a fear of rejection, not being accepted, not being wanted, not being loved, it can lead to two different uh, results. Because you're afraid of being rejected, because you have a fear of loss, you may move over into controlling behavior because now you want to control the situation and you want to set up boundaries around the person and fence around the person. And you want to dictate the other person in the relationship movement and who they're with, because you have a fear of rejection. You have a fear that I'm going to lose this relationship. And so it leads to a controlling behavior or it may lead to submitting to control because you're you have this need to be loved and accepted and wanted. And you want to hold on to this relationship, even though the person is abusive, even though the person is negligent, even though the person is selfish, you want to hold on to this Because you fear that you can't do any better, and the interesting thing about rejection, it always leads to rejection. The very thing that we fear, rejection, leads to fear of rejection, and the thing that we greatly fear always comes. So we end up experiencing rejection. It just spills over, rooted in our child life. Poor self-image, rejection. I experienced rejection too. I, I, I experienced that root of rejection. I had no idea that I was experiencing it. So I know something about this spirit of rejection. But listen at this. The only way to break the rejection cycle, and you can break it before you climb down to the next step, you can break the cycle of rejection You can even overcome a unhealthy home environment. You can overcome a poor self-image. But the only way to break the cycle of rejection, and I know this from personal experience, is not through another human relationship. Sometimes we're looking for love. We've been rejected in certain settings, so we want some love. So we're looking here, we're looking there, but it just leads to rejection. The key to br- to, to breaking the rejection cycle is a revelation of God's love. When God revealed to me that I was dealing with rejection, I didn't know what it was, but I, I began to look read books and on rejection. Joyce Meyer had a book on rejection. I read that book. I read other books and I began to see something about myself and how I broke that rejection. And you can break the rejection is a revelation of God's love, a revelation that God loves you, that God values you, that God accepts you that God will never reject you. And I meditated on the fact that God loved me. God loved me because people who deal with rejection are people focused, people focused. They're trying to get love through people. They're people focused. And so you have to become God focused and a revelation of God's love. Apart from that, we just going to climb further down this ladder of emotional unhealthiness. We started at step seven, an unhealthy home environment. We came down to step six, poor self-image. We came down to step five, rejection. Let's move to step four. We hadn't broke the rejection cycle. So step four leads us right into insecurity. Insecurity. Whenever you see... An individual who has a need to control, and and maybe I'm talking to you now, is because there's some insecurity on the inside of you. Whenever a person allows themselves to be controlled, it is evidence of insecurity. Insecurity is uncertainty or ex- anxiety. About oneself Uncertainty Anxiety About oneself See This person Who was raised up In that unhealthy Home environment Developed a poor Self image Has a root of rejection And now Has insecurity The major problem Is inside Insecurity I'm uncertain I have anxiety About myself I lack confidence. I, I I I can't relax. I have a feeling. Every controller has this, whether he or she knows it. Every controller has a feeling of not being enough, a feeling of being inadequate, a fear of failure. When you're insecure, you just hold on to people. You clamp them down and you try to build fences around them so they can't get outside of the fence because you don't feel like you're enough. You're afraid of failure. Confident people don't control people. Confident people don't allow themselves to be controlled. But this person don't trust themselves. So if I don't trust me, certainly I don't trust you. And and the funny thing about it is confidence and people know this confidence enhances attractiveness. There's something very attractive about a confident person, but an insecure person lacks confidence. So they're not going to be attractive. And then they have this fear of failure, the fear of loss. So they just simply clamp down and become possessive. Let's go down to step three. Step three, we're climbing down the ladder of emotional unhealthiness. Step three is people pleasing behavior. See how we're coming down? See how we move from an unhealthy home environment to poor self image, to rejection, to insecurity. And now we're on the third step of the ladder coming down people-pleasing behavior. The people-pleaser has a difficult time saying no, even when he or she should say no, and even when saying yes brings hardship. This person just struggle saying no. This person accommodates others in order to feel love and care for best emotional unhealthiness where you're accommodating someone else, even if it brings hardship on yourself because you're trying to find love and feel love and fear, care for pleasing people, people pleasing behavior a need to please. Notice I didn't say a desire. Everybody should have a desire to please people they're in a relationship. I said a need to please, a need to please. Let's go one more step down the ladder. We only have two steps left, but let's go down one more step to the ladder. Step two is codependency. We move from an unhealthy home environment to a poor self image to rejection to insecurity, to people pleasing. And now we're almost near the bottom and we're at the second step of codependency. Now, codependency is a deep thing. And I I strongly encourage you to get counseling. But let's look at all these many facets to codependency. And, And as I meditated, I saw all these different facets to codependency. On the one hand, codependency is a relationship addiction, a relationship addiction. On the one hand, the codependent has a need to change, fix, or control others to find happiness. A need. This person may be a female, may be a male, has a need to fix others and change others and control others to find happiness. On the other hand of this relationship addiction, the codependent has a need to be needed. Even if helping you is hurting me. That's one side of codependency. Then there's this another side where you're enabling the bad behavior of others. Rather than holding other people accountable, you call in and tell the boss your husband is sick. You do it. You tell the boss your husband is sick when your husband is drunk. Enabling bad behavior. There's another side, and all these uh sides intersect with each other. There's another side to codependency where you're catering to others' preferences, you're catering to others' preferences, their needs, their demands, to the detriment of your own well-being. Codependency. Codependency is an excessive need for a relationship. An excessive Excessive need, not a need because everyone needs a relationship, but this is an excessive need of relationship. There's another side of codependency. See, this thing is deep. The lack of assertiveness. Why don't you say no? Why don't you confront the person, a lack of assertiveness. Then there's a need for others' love and approval for you to feel happy. You need Others to love you You need others to prove you To be content and happy I can't be happy I can't be content Until you love me Codependency And then The the last area of uh, Codependency Is your banking On others' neediness Controllers realize That those who are being controlled Have a need to be needed so they're banking on you coming back. They're banking on you staying in there. They're banking on you it because they are addicted to control. They need to control somebody and they know you need or feel that you need. You're desperate for this relationship. You're desperate for it. And so the controller knows that. So it's just a matter of time. Now let's go. We've have been climbing down the ladder of emotional unhealthiness. I'm talking about going from bad to worse. I hope you can see what I'm doing now. Going from bad to worse. We started at step seven. We're climbing down the ladder. Step seven is an unhealthy home environment. Step six is poor self-image. Step five is rejection. Step four step four is insecurity. Step three is people pleasing behavior. Step two is codependency. We only have one more step. We're climbing down. We're climbing down the ladder of emotional healthiness. I hope you can see that the curse causeless shall not come. There is a reason. There is a cause why people are in these positions. Now watch this. Step one, we're at the bottom. We've gone from bad, because the unhealthy home environment was bad. And remember, an unhealthy home environment can be an environment where the kid is provided for, plenty of, of, of things, but no affirmation, no affection, no positive motivation. But now we're at step number one. We're at the bottom. And I know you want to know what this is. Step number one, the worst position a person can be is idolatry. Idolatry. Idolatry is at the bottom. And there are some people, they get all the way down to the bottom, and that's idolatry. Jeremiah chapter 2. I want you to listen to this. Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 13 in the New Living Translation, it says, My people have done two evils. They have, number one, abandoned me. And then number two, they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. God said concerning his people, he said, They've done two evils. They have abandoned me. And then secondly, they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. A cracked cistern, a cistern is a tank that holds water or it may be a reservoir dug in the ground to contain rainwater. The problem with the cistern, God says, is it's cracked. So even though the water is put in the tank or the rainwater comes down into the reservoir, there's a crack there. So the water is seeping out. Now, what is God saying? God is saying that this person has gone to the place where they've made the other person or the relationship their God. They're looking for their well-being, they're looking for happiness, they're looking for contentment from an individual. They're in idolatry. In fact, this person feels I can't be happy, I have no hope, I have no peace, I have no joy because I don't have this person. I got to have this person. I have to have this person to have peace and joy and hope. Now, we've gone from bad, To worse, we've entered into idolatry. We can't be happy. We can't have peace. We can't have joy without this person. And the scripture said God will supply all our needs. So we've abandoned God and we're looking from something from a human that we'll never be able to get. God says, I hold the living water. He said, it'll never be able to supply your need. Now, I trust that you were blessed by the lesson today. There are three areas on the toxic, toxic relationships I wanted to deal with. We concluded control to, today. I want to move now into the second area, and that is selfishness. I'm going to talk about in our next lesson on selfie relationships selfishness. We're going to spend a little time with that. Thank you so very much. I pray that you have a great rest of the week. Look forward to seeing you next time.